Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. <laughs> Saddle up for hour three of Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place, and we're glad you're here. We're here to help you with any question you might have about your Arizona home. And you reach us by dialing the toll-free number, one 767 4348 If you have a newcomer that's moved in next door, you make sure they know about Rosie on the House so they aren't taken advantage of. We've been here for 34 years protecting the Arizona homeowner. And we were recently, within the last couple of weeks, down at the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association Home Show in the Tucson Convention Center. And Jennifer and I can tell you and attest to you that I understand they had an attendance over the weekend of about 8,000 people. I will tell you a third or more of everyone that walked up to our booth that weekend had recently moved to Tucson. So we need to catch these newcomers as they move into Arizona. The way we service our homes, maintain our homes, repair our homes is different than the way they're doing it, probably from wherever they're coming from, unless they're coming from Lordsburg, New Mexico. And I just don't see that wave yet. Uh, uh, so we're very unique here in the Southwest. So if your neighbor has moved in from some other place in the country, make sure they know about Rosie on the House. Give them one of your Rosie on the House calendars. Make sure they know about the program. We're here to protect, inform, educate, and hopefully entertain you, the Arizona homeowner, for your own protection. We do that in a number of ways. One of them is we publish a digital newsletter that circulated to about 20,000 homeowners uh, by subscription only. You have to ask for it. We don't, we don't blanket mail anybody. And in this week's newsletter, it actually tells you about what we're going to be talking about this particular show. And we're talking last hour about the pros and cons of buying a flipped home. We started the 8 o'clock hour with a whole bunch of information from uh, Dave and uh, the B issue. Uh, we've got a very active B situation going on primarily because of the great monsoon rains, we, the record-setting monsoon rains we had last summer. We talked about the history of making wine with Eric Berg. That was a fun conversation. I could grab that guy. I could lasso that guy, sit him down, talk to him for hours. Great conversation about the history of winemaking in the state of Arizona. Last hour, we talked about pros and cons of flipping homes. This hour, we're going to answer your question if you'll dial in at one 767 4348 and we're going to be talking about the tricks and tips of picking a, the right remodeling contractor for your home. And if you're just joining the hour, stay tuned to the hour because at the end of the hour, uh, we've given one away each hour so far. It's a forever rose. It's a real rose that's dipped in 24 karat gold, so it preserves it forever. And uh, the stem is colored completely gold, and they whatever coating they use with it, <clears throat> they 
the petals and the leaves on the rose uh, is a translucent film. So you can actually still see the red rose and the green leaf and the stem and the edges are all lined in 24 karat gold. It's something that we used to do with a local uh, jeweler here, but since they retired, uh, we didn't have a, someone to partner with. So we went to the manufacturer that's out of Pennsylvania um, and talked to them and we just brought it and used it in our e-store because we couldn't find anyone else that wanted to carry it so it's a random thing you go to our e-store and it's all tools and products for Arizona homeowners and there's like this gold rose but it was just something that's popular that we've been doing for years around Mother's Day around Valentine's Day um, as a fun promotion so we have one gold dipped rose to give away each hour Uh, the answer to the eight o'clock hour was one million trees planted on on Arbor Day. The answer to quite hour number two was lacerations as the number one uh, injury that homeowners are checked into urgent care hospitals on. So we'll pick something from this hour randomly and ask at the end of the hour, and then you just text that answer to 411923. We'll pick a random right winner. But it is our open home hour, open to you, the Arizona homeowner at one 767 4348 that's one triple eight, Rosie, for you. Let's bring Larry from Litchfield into the conversation. Good morning, sir. How may we help you? I just want to know if I can use PEX tubing on the output of my pressure temperature relief valve on my water heater. I'm hoping the answer is yes. And it is. I texted one of our uh, uh, our plumbing manager, Jeff Carmichael, at Day and Night Plumbing, and he said yes, but they don't recommend it, and here's why. The PEX, you know, PEX does carry hot water from the water heater to your home. Uh, points of distribution, the faucets, the laundry, uh, wherever. But the water coming out of a hot, out of a water heater is generally speaking around 120 degrees, uh, just depending on your temperature settings. When that pressure relief valve is activated, the water's a lot hotter. In fact, you know, you never want that to be activated. What it's designed to do is if the thermostat ever malfunctioned and didn't shut off and the water inside the tank continued to heat up and was brought to a boil, well, eventually that water heater would explode. The pressure relief valve is a spring that's designed to open as steam inside the tank starts to build that pressure relief valve opens and it lets that water out of the tank before it gets to a boil that would blow up your water heater. When that spring is activated by the pressure from the steam inside the tank, it's a lot hotter than 120 degrees. And you're right at the edge of the temperature rating of a PEX. And and there's there's two colors of PEX that you're going to have. There's going to be the blue one for the cold water supply and the red one for the hot water supply, you're going to be at the edge of that temperature rating of that red supply. But yes, by code, can you? Yes. Do they recommend it? No, for all those reasons we just said. So choice choice from there is yours. And you know what? If it's really close, Larry, if your water heater is not inside your home or it's in the garage or you know, if, if it's somewhere where it's right next to the exterior wall and you can pipe that straight to the outside on a very short run, you're probably okay. But if it's anywhere critical where a lot of water damage would cost you a lot of money in repairs or if it's got to go a long span, um, I've been in a home 
it was so strange. You know, I, I get what they did. They tried to get the water heater closer to the point of origin so that when you're operating your water, your hot water faucets, it didn't have a long distance to go. But that pressure relief valve went almost 50 feet <laughs> through the through the home out to the distribution on the exterior of the home. If you had a long run like that, I definitely wouldn't put it there. Short run next to the exterior of the home, by code, it's okay. We appreciate the call from Did there. You, I've got a public service announcement. Okay. On two fronts. All of you APS customers who have taken our advice the last 20 years and have converted your consumption of electricity to time of use programs, know that APS is modifying that over the next four to six to eight weeks. You'll be notified by email if you've established an APS homeowner portal. They will email you and tell you when they're going to do it in stages, they're going to do it in waves, and they're going to convert everybody to the new time of use program. Instead of on peak running from 3 o'clock to 8 o'clock, they're going to give you two more additional hours off peak. On peak will now be only from 4 to 7. This is going to open up huge doors for all of you that have been hesitant to try supercooling. It's going to be huge. So watch, get to APS, if you're an APS customer, and get in the portal and make sure they have your email address because they will notify you when your home gets flipped. And when it gets flipped, that's when you want to make sure you reset your programmable thermostats. Or if you're one of the thousands and thousands of people who have purchased a home energy management computer, you're going to want to reset that as well. So be watching for that. Don't lose the chance of living comfortably with a lower electric bill. And you can do that using the concept of supercooling. The other public service announcement I want to make is that we're on scam alert, high, high scam alert. Uh, Folks, if you answer the phone or you answer the door and it was a phone call that they're not returning to you, they're phishing, they're soliciting. If you answer the doorbell and it wasn't someone you asked to come up to your door, just know that there's a very high probability you're about ready to be presented with some kind of scam. There is a particular scam out there going around right now, and I want to thank Kim Commando for bringing this to everybody's attention, that an energy auditor will come up to your house, ring the doorbell, and solicit a commitment from you to do an energy audit. Don't do it. Let's just, let's just go with a simple rule. If you didn't request it or ask for it, whether the solicitation comes through your mailbox, your telephone, or the doorbell, if you didn't request it, deny it. Do some research as to whether or not it really is appropriate and necessary, and then proceed with caution. That's what we're here for at Rosie on the House, is to make sure you never travel down that road of being taken advantage of. When we get back, we'll be going back to the phones to take your calls. The number is one 767 
One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you to join the conversation. We've got Julia next on the line. Wants to talk about uh, outdoor concrete decking. Welcome to the program, Julia. Hi. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Hi. I'm just calling. I'm kind of check. Um, planning on a project for the home. It's the uh, front porch and the back porch. And we currently have, like, concrete in there with some painting. I'm just checking and see what would you recommend with the Arizona weather that we have. It's too hot. So, And these, the porch, it's, it's, it's a concrete porch on the front and the back. And what kind of shade do they have? Or is there any canopy over it? Um, just a regular, um, like, when you enter the house, it's just there's a... Oh, God. Not full um, cover. So it gets a lot of sun. A lot of sun in the front. And then the back would be, like, partial, I would say. Yeah. Well, for the exterior uh, on decks, I know Rosie really likes the overlay payers you can get from, uh, that Belgard makes. They're thin pavers that are designed to go on patios. And that's probably going to be your longest solution um, for, you know, a lighter color that'll stay on there for a long time and not not fade, not wear, not chip. You can see those at a number of places throughout the valley. Just look for the Belgard overlay papers. You can go to their website and then find, a, you know, your retailer from there. Um, you know, we, I, when I built my home, I did a decorative concrete stamp to make it look like wood that was handsome that was really handsome and there's a lot of things that you can do on top of concrete uh you know co hills has been a partner of ours for a lot a lot of years and they, that's another great place to go look at the different options with concrete i mean even in their driveway when you pull in and park in their parking lot every 10 foot section it seems like and i think it's a little bit bigger than that maybe maybe 20 by 20 foot section, they've got a different type of concrete finish that's on there. There's stampings, there's coatings, there's uh, acid stains, there's epoxies. I mean, you would be surprised at how many options there are. So you can go there and get uh, a few different ideas on uh, some other options that are available as well. But I think, and a lot of those are great for uh, garages and in and, and Interior, and then there is some applications for exterior. Like I said, you can you can see it in their parking lot, and you drive on top of it. But Co Hills, they're down by the airport uh, today. I think they're open on Saturdays till eleven, so you got about forty minutes till they close. But they're open all during the week as well. Just right right down the street from the Pepper Sauce Cafe. <laughs> there, that's how you find it. Um, St- stick your well, nose out the window mm, when you're going across 10 and, mm, and the 40 street exit. You'll smell Pepper Sauce Cafe and yeah. just turn down that street and there are about another three buildings down. The great thing Cohills did is exactly what you talked about. They covered the parking lot in different samples. And then you walk in the warehouse and it's got another oh, 30, 40, yeah. 50 samples. So you can actually see it. 
installed. I thought that was very, very brilliant of them. Yeah. And you and you can you, see how it holds up. Concrete does not have to be gray and boring. Get to Coal Hills and uh, that'll that'll give you probably more options and, and make it even harder for you to decide what to do. But <laughs> but it'll give you a great idea of what's available. Let's see if we can uh, squeeze in one more call before bottom of the hour news. Mark and Surprise wants to talk about hanging. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I guess let's see. There we go. Mark and Surprise, welcome to the program. How may we help you? Hey, good afternoon, guys. I had a question about uh, mounting a flat screen TV to the wall and hiding the wires. And um, I didn't know if there were any requirements for code as far as bundling or sheathing um, sets of like AV and power wires that were in the wall. I was hearing uh, Nick's answer, so I wanted to double check. Well, um, there is code to what you can do with the Romex. If you're going to be relocating a receptacle, uh, is it so simple, Mark, as you're going to go straight above one that's already there, or are you going to have to change uh, stud cavities and move it uh, horizontally one way or the other? Uh, it's going to be straight vertical. Okay. Well, that'll be fairly easy. Uh, of course, you'll kill the uh, uh, circuit breaker. You'll disconnect, uh, take that junction box apart, take the uh, receptacle out, and uh, what I would do is I would cut a hole on where I want the opening, and then you'll just take a fish tape and fish up to that hole. Now you've got your connection made. There is requirements on wh what that needs to be done. Uh, I, you can do that in certain cities. Extend one receptacle on an existing circuit without pulling a permit. There's no real serious code requirements about the low voltage AV wires and stuff like that. And then of course, when you get the hanger to hang that TV, if it's going to be one of those extended models where you can pull it off the wall and swing it one way or another, you're definitely going to want that anchored into a stud inside the wall. So make sure you've got that. But uh, I, you can check with City of Surprise and ask them, can I extend one receptacle on an existing circuit? without pulling a permit. I think, I think Surprise lets you do that. There are certain cities that will. Find that stud. May, make sure you hang that big screen, baby, on something solid. in Arizona lead to Sanderson Ford. And baby, you gotta jump on that road and get to Sanderson Ford right now. Romy, they are celebrating 67 years of being in business, all owned by the same family. That's absolutely incredible. And we'll be celebrating uh, in May. We'll have a live broadcast out there. Oh, of course, boy. it's tied to a community event that Sanderson is famous for. They, the amount of giving they do is is very difficult to keep up with <laughs> it is and the amount of different people and different nonprofits that they help is just staggering so we got a live broadcast I mean, coming out that's I'm their excited secret for that. that no one gets it's it's what they give it's what they give now we're talking about the 67th anniversary you can save hundreds save on hundreds of new and pre-owned vehicles in stock and this is including the mustang Maquis. 
the Broncos, the Broncos Sports, the Escapes, the Explorers, and lots of Ranger and F-150 Super Duty trucks. Holy cow, how can you beat that? And new inventory is arriving daily. Or, you got something specific in mind? Go sit down with someone at Sanderson Ford and fill out your custom order sheet. And you know how much you're going to have to put a deposit down to custom order your vehicle? Zero. That's doing business with Sanderson Ford. There's no nonsense, no added markups, no hassle, no pressure. All roads lead to Sanderson Ford in Glendale on 51st Avenue, open Monday through Saturday for 67 years. Happy anniversary, Sanderson Ford. And I took this picture when I was in their office this week of this little wagon that says Sanderson Ford because of that top thing. You know, never on Sunday. I love that. Well, Sanderson Ford. If car buying's on your to-do this weekend, Sanderson Ford today. They're never open on Sunday. Now, this is where we usually cover our weekly to-do, and we're going to get there. It's remodeling tips. But I really want to talk to Mike, who wants to know uh, how to be to decide between two contractors. That's a lot of questions. That's a question a lot of us have to ask at some point when we're getting work done. So let's see. How do we, how do we pick it? If we've got it narrowed down to two. Mike, welcome to the program. Tell us about your project. I'm looking at replacing some uh, cabinets in the bathroom, the vanity. And I've had two different contractors come out. i got two different conflicting opinions on the code. Uh, the toilet is only about 13, 13 and a half inches from the cabinet. And contractor one said, oh, that's fine, you're grandfathered in, you don't have to worry about backing it out to the 15 inches, which the code says. Contract 2 says, no, I have to go in there with a, a smaller cabinet, and you're going to have to repair the flooring. Um, I didn't know if I'm grandfathered in and could save the money on the flooring because the, the flooring was done last year. Ah, um, right. Oh, man. <laughs> well, what's, what city are you in, Mike? Uh, this is still. I do not think, and I'm, this, is a, this is an opinion of Rosie Romero, I do not think the inspector uh, is going to ask you to bring that to compliance. I don't think they're going to ask you to move anything under the floor to gain that extra two inches to bring that to code, the fact that it has been that way for so long. Now, they could, and they might. I'm having an arm wrestling contest with City of Scottsdale right now on a particular project. <laughs> Uh, and where do we, it's undetermined yet who's going to win right now. But uh, uh, they're, they're good people. Uh, I'm not telling you one of those contractors is right or wrong. Your question was, how do I pick? Here, we're going to get your email address, and Jennifer's going to pull a link off of our website on Rosie's Consumer Guide for picking a contractor. It's going to take you through about seven or eight steps. And if you'll just rethink how you found these guys, what they've done in the course of putting the quotes together, the, one of them is going to stand out. But the bottom line is this. Remodeling is not a science. It's an art form. And the codes are constantly changing. Uh, they're, they're constantly being updated. Uh, we constantly find surprises. Even someone who's been remodeling since 1972 occasionally can get surprised on how something was built. You make assumptions. Oh, well, it goes here and there and the load bearings here and there and there won't be anything in our way. And you open it and you say, ooh, ooh. 
darn it. <laughs> I made all the wrong assumptions. Here's the bottom line. When something goes wrong on the job, between this day they start demo and the day they turn it back over to you, made clean, ready to move back into it, chances are something is going to go wrong. There's going to be some surprise in the course of that project. So here's how you decide who to use. You have now dealt with two people probably multiple times. When something goes wrong, whose phone number do you want? Who has instilled the highest degree of confidence in you that one, they'll pick up their phone, they'll be available, they'll show up on time, and they'll respond in a timely manner. That's the acid test on how to decide. Now, I want to clarify something. I hear from homeowners all the time, Rosie, you encourage homeowners to get three bids, and that, that's not true. I don't do that. I encourage you to interview multiple contractors. But putting together a quote or a bid, particularly for a significant remodeling, costs the contractor lots of time and money. And I'm going to tell you that most remodelers I know today will not give you a truly down-to-earth detailed breakdown of an estimate without charging you some fee up front. And I'm not telling you to pay that fee three different times. I'm telling you, interview three. Use the consumer guide we have on our webpage to determine who you are most comfortable proceeding with, who showed up on time every time, who was always prepared for every single meeting, whose truck is kept in an orderly fashion, Whose job sites have you visited to see how clean and safe they're kept? Whose offices have you checked to see what their cost, their job cost control system looks like? And I know good small contractors whose office is the cab of their F-150 or F-250 pickup truck. I have nothing against those guys as long as it's organized, well-kept, and they can find what they're looking for. I'll tell you the guys not to use is walk to the uh, home improvement stores, the lumberyard parking lots. And if you see Burger King, uh, uh, Dell Taco Bags uh, mixed on the dashboard with receipts and work orders and change orders, and they can barely see out of their windshield because they've used their dashboard as this trash can collection box filing system, that would be the last guy in the world. I would ever assign the responsibility of working in my home. I want to see I want to see how they keep their truck. I want to see how they keep their tools. I want to see how they keep accounting. I want to see how they keep the schedule. And here's the all-time number one secret on how to pick a contractor. When you've got two that you can't decide from, ask them both for a list of the suppliers and the subcontractors that are going to be working on your house. There's a very good chance that some subcontractor or some supplier is going to be listed on both those lists. And if they are, call that subcontractor, call that supplier and say, hey, I'm considering contractor A or contractor B. It's apparent they both use you. If you wanted work done at your mother's house, 
which of those two contractors would you use? And I can tell you, I'm humbled to say that uh, for over 30 years, a ton of our work comes from the subcontractors and the supplier we do business with. They know we run an organized job. They know we run a timely job. We run a tight ship. We pay our bills. And those are the people that you want at your home. So that's the one acid test trick that I'm going to share with you all today that works every single time. And you can get that at rosyonnows.com Consumer's Guide for Hiring a Remodeling Contractor. We also have consumer guides for alarm systems, roofing, air conditioning, painting, all right there at rosyonnows.com. A lot of great resources there. You can uh, join the conversation at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE4U. Text questions can be sent to 411923. You can also email us at info at And I want to highlight real quick a great event that we attended this week. You've heard us talk multiple times about the that labor great, shortage and the opportunity that the next generation is going to have, or, and not even just the next generation, but anybody looking to switch a career. You know, what used to be called the trades, they're now calling construction science technology. You know, but uh, the registered contractors had a job fair for uh, high school and veterans that are coming out of their military service down by Chasefield. And it was a, I don't know, I think the, the actual fair was three hours long, and they came, bust kids in from Evit, from West Mech, up from, um, you know, Evit and West Mech are part of 14 districts in Arizona that have trade schools associated with it, and each region has its own name. I can't remember the one. J-Ted. J-Ted from Tucson, Tucson came up. And these kids were two, three years experience that they spent learning skills at these trade schools in conjunction with their high school. So after the high school, they go and spend additional hours at these trade schools learning skills. They had resumes. Uh, they, they were clean. They, walked, they were they dressed. Walked, they walked they up were, to you with their hand out to shake you. They were looking you eyeball to eyeball. And they said, hi, my name is Carlos. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an aspiring young plumber, and who are you? And here's my resume. <laughs> I mean, it was an awesome event. They were, I mean, they, they were very driven. And prepared. And knew, um, and I mean, they were, they were looking for jobs. I've turned 18 this day. Can I start the next day? And I met Willie Higgins, the lead for the Arizona State Apprentice Program. And he, he, he overwhelmed me with how many resources the state of Arizona makes available to anyone interested in an apprenticeship program. And, and hats made, off to the Diamondbacks and the Registrar Contractors who pulled this event off together. It was an awesome event. Yeah, and, and Willie made sure to say, you know, a lot of people tie that to unions. This, this is not union. Apprenticeship is not tied to any union. That's not what we are. There are unions involved. But it, but it's 
but people do get confused when you start using the term apprenticeship and journeyman. They, they start assuming that it's union uh, influence or union dictated. There are unions involved, but just using those terms are not union indicative. If you are looking, you can go to Arizona Register of Contractors and, uh, you know, learn more about their apprenticeship program. I got a link from Willie to his site. I need to make sure and get that up on ours for their apprenticeship program. But there's shortage of skilled labor and craftsmanship that... Premium on the hourly rate. <laughs> oh. I mean, even Arizona Paint Company, one of our partners that was there, said, now this is rare. Usually we don't have someone move this fast, but their lead um, manager in the West Valley has been with them two and a half years, started as a painter, applicator at the bottom of the crew, and in two and a half years was up at the manager position earning three digits. And we like he to. Said, Not many people can move that fast and are that good of people managers, but I mean, two and a half years. It take, takes good communication skills. Uh, chances are it's going to take some level of computer skills and anymore. It is the construction science technology industry. Uh, but you love, you love working with your hands. You love seeing things you produce uh, that aren't necessarily involved with living on top of a computer screen 8, 9, 10, 12 hours a day uh, or going through an education program uh, where you come out in extreme mountains of debt, the apprenticeship program could be an excellent opportunity for you. I, one of their hashtags was earn while you learn. Earn while you learn. Absolutely. In our, in our website, rosellenhouse.com, we talk about remodeling tricks that make you look like a pro. We'll cover those right after this. Okay, I want to wrap up real quick. I told you we'd get to a couple tricks of remodeling. And one of the tricks we got a call earlier uh, from a homeowner in Scottsdale that's looking at two different bathroom remodelers and couldn't decide quite which one to go with. And so we talked through how to pick a contractor. You know, one of the things I tell people in the beginning of the shopping process is if you're looking for a bathroom remodel, you might want to start that process at the plumbing wholesaler showrooms, Good morning, Rosie. where a lot of the remodelers are buying their products, okay? And that, that wholesaler probably knows 15, 20, or 25 contractors that do work like you're looking to have done in your neighborhood. And the thing about a wholesaler is they're going to generally recommend the organized contractor that pays their bill on time. Uh, and that is an excellent place to start putting together a list of who you want to talk to. If you want to do a kitchen remodel, get to the appliance wholesalers and see what remodelers they're selling to. It's an excellent source, an excellent way to get to to secretly get a third party 
testimony as to who's good and who you should consider. The other thing I'm going to tell you is when you make the phone call to the contractor and the second question they ask out of their mouth is what's your budget, hang up the phone. That should never be a question a contractor asks you. They should ask you, what would you like done? And then they should be able to say, we've been here in town for X numbers of years doing these kinds of projects in your neighborhood. And I can tell you the average that we spend in this project in your neighborhood is between X and Y. Don't reveal your budget. Okay. Two reasons. One, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And two, it's going to skew the conversation from that point forward. You explain what you want. Hopefully, if it's a remodeling contractor, they've actually got pictures of projects they've done in your neighborhood that can give you an idea of what was done, when it was done, how much it cost, and how long it took. And then you're going to ask, may I talk to these homeowners? Can I ask them a series of six or seven questions? And all those questions are listed in our consumer guide, how to pick a contractor. So never answer the budget question. Protect yourself. Explain what you want done. Show them pictures of things you've seen that you like. And then say, what should I expect this to cost me? Okay? I would be real careful with trends. And I mentioned it a couple weeks ago that it's my feeling this trend of white, 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 white is about ready to end. Sound like the penguin. Flipper told me that the trend for white cabinets is going to end. It it it's got to. Wood's just too beautiful to let it live underneath paint all the time in every kitchen, in every application. So be careful of that. The other thing I tell people is, look, when you're narrowing the list down, get a written detail of everything they're going to do and make them include a list of everything they're not going to do. Get it perfectly clear up front and then get a written schedule. And every week the job is going, pull out that schedule and put it right up in front of their face and say, how are we doing? There's a couple chicks and trips. Woo! Hope you had your seatbelt on. Time to give a rose away. How about the question, true or false? Rosie says, get three bids on every job you want done. True or false? Text it to 411-923 and we'll pick a random right winner and send you the forever rose. It'll be there in time for Mother's Day.